Nike's got it all wrong. Okay, so here's some clickbait, right? <laughs> what? What are you saying? You know, I mean, Nike, one of the most well-recognized brands globally, right? Just do it. I mean, it's very motivating. But here's the thing. Why not say just did it? Like, why can't we celebrate the act of completing what it is that we set out to do? You know, because like, that's actually where all that self, self-efficacy self comes from. That, that, that ability to tap in and say, holy crap, I did it. You know, like, I, I'm like much more of that mentality. I'm like, adopt not a just do it, but a just did it mentality. Focus on the results that are created and the feeling you achieve by completing the thing that you set out to do. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Leslie Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hey, be it babe, get ready to have a dose of like, excitement, enthusiasm. Like if you are feeling like your vibration is low, it is not going to be low after this interview. Um, I'm definitely so pumped. Um, and I just finished talking with diamond. Well, he is an incredible human being. He's a trainer. He's been dating his wife for 22 years. He's a father of two amazing daughters who are almost out of the house. And we go through a lot of things about change and like really welcoming change and then also celebrating your wins. And I don't, I, I'm just, I don't want to keep going because I want you to hear it from his perspective, but it's so fun. This, I mean, it's one of the most fun conversations I've really had. And I really enjoy his like zest and zeal for life. And so you're, you're going to love it too. And also, also the end, of course, you know, every week I said the be it action items, but seriously, the be it action items, seriously, the be it action items, they're so much fun. And I know you're going to just really nerd out with, uh, with die and all he has to say, and then you're probably going to buy his book because I'm going to, I want to read it. It sounds really exciting to me. So anyways, without further ado, well, there's that little ado that happens and then diamond well. All right, be it babes. I have an amazing guest for us today. Di Manuel is here. He is from Canada right now currently, but I think we're going to get into an amazing story of how his life has gone an amazing journey around this world. I'm really excited because we, you know, I was reading about what he does in this world and how he dates his wife for 22 years. Like, and you know, I was just like, anyone who can say they're dating their wife that long, I think we have to have on because I definitely think you're an inspire all the people listening to maybe date their partners more, or maybe we'll go into some other things. So Di, can you tell everyone who you are, what you're, what you're rocking at these days? Well, thanks Leslie. Uh, well, let's, let's see. Yeah. I'm, I'm rocking it out in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, and it's a nice place. It's a nice place. Nice place to call home. It's always been a home base for us. And, uh, I'm a dad first and foremost of two teenage girls. Wow. Uh, okay. They're almost 20 and 18 now. So, uh, as I say, it's karma and, <laughs> and, uh, I've been dating my wife. We're going on 23 years. That's insane. And yes, I'm very intentional with that language around that. I'm sure we'll unpack that in a bit here, but yes, dating my wife. And, you know, I, I just help people navigate change. Mm. I like that. You know, like we all, I, I, as you can tell, I got some movie posters and stuff behind me. Um, I'm kind of a movie buff, comic book guy. But Indiana Jones, remember Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yes. You remember the beginning scene where he's got like, you know, Harrison Ford's barreling down that cave and there's that massive boulder chasing him? Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. 
most of us feel like that boulder is changing our lives and we're running from it, you know, and we're like, yeah, I gotta get out of here. And, and so I, I, I try to flip the script on that and make people be more advocates or champions of change for their own lives, you know? And, and so, because often we feel like victims, you know, we get bowled over and we had nothing to do about it. And it came at us whether we liked it or not. And, and so that relationship with change is what I really help support people with. And uh, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. That is so cool. That's a beautiful description and a great visual. Um, I loved going to Disneyland and there, yeah. there's an Indiana Jones ride and yes. they had that boulder yes. moment. Yes. And when you said that, there's another thing that I've heard people say, like sometimes you like see a light at the end of the tunnel, but sometimes that light is just mm. a train coming at you. That's right. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, totally. And so yes. sometimes I, and, yeah. it, and you're kind of like, I feel like people can be like, this again, like, why is this happening to me again? You know? And I think yes. especially, especially I think 2020 definitely was like, and this happened, you know, all my millennials listening, hello, I'm an elder millennial here. And we're like, then there was nine 11 when we went to college, there was a recession when we got out, then there's COVID when we got back on our feet. And it's like, yes. And I think my, I think everyone's generation could pick like all these devastations. So they don't actually have to be these boulders that are following us down the road. Um, how did you get started in helping people champion change? Like, I don't even know how you, how did that become a job for you? (laughs) Let me, let me give you the short version, you know, and, uh, okay. So my first really big change in my life that felt like it was that boulder that ran me over was when I was like nine, you know, and, and I'm not here to talk about trauma and all that stuff and trauma release. Uh, trust me, I worked with therapists and my psychologist for, for, for a bit to work through all that. And I, I'm a big proponent for that, by the way. Uh, but all being said, at nine, you know, my parents, which I thought I lived an idyllic life, you know, and, and I remember this one day coming home from after school, and my dad's like home at like three o'clock. And it's like, dad's never home at three. Like, what's up? And, uh, they led us into the living room and my mom and dad sat down, you know, on opposite ends of the couch and basically just said, we're getting a divorce, mm. you know, and I'm going to date myself right now. You know, this is back in the mid eighties, you know, I'm like not oh. even 10 yet. And, but back then, I mean, we don't have the internet. Mm-hmm. We don't have support groups. We don't have resources that really talk to that aspect uh, mm-hmm. of life, you know, cause back then, you know, I, I was in a class of 30 kids and there was only one other kid in that class that didn't have his original parents together still. So yeah, yeah. it was definitely a minority situation. And, and yeah, know. now, now people yeah. are like, uh, all, most of the kids' parents are divorced. <laughs> it's true. Parents. No, it's true. Like it's, <laughs> which is, you know, that's a whole nother conversation, obviously <laughs> to say like, what's going on. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, it was, it was a bit of a bomb, you know, it was that boulder that ran me over. And, and at that time, I didn't know how to handle it. I mm-hmm. really didn't. And uh, my dad was already working a lot. So he wasn't around a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just a workaholic, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And, and, but he had lots of enduring and loving qualities. And I know that he loved us, you know, and, uh, but after, you know, the divorce, it's like, you know, the every other weekend often would turn into once a month, or sometimes longer, you know, so just I didn't have that strong male figure around me, which I can unpack later because trust me, there's lots of other changes that I wish I didn't happen, but it would have been nice if I had some more mentorship in my life. And, yeah. uh, but you know, I, I, I sort of spiraled a bit. I, I figured out how to escape some of the pain mm-hmm. that I was feeling and some of that loss and that, that isolation. And I did it through food and I also mm-hmm. did it through video games and movies, you know, so I was chasing dopamine, <laughs> you know, yep. I was chasing instant gratification and uh, yeah, emotional stress eating, you call it what you will. Uh, I did that for about five years. And mm. by the time I got to 14, I, I, you know, I was at the doctor's office with my mom. The doctor's like, <laughs> and yeah, dies morbidly obese. And I'm like, 
I didn't know what morbid meant, nor did I know what a beast meant, but I figured that can't be good, you know? Yeah. And uh, I knew how I felt inside, you know? Yeah. And uh, anyways, um, one day I just had sort of a moment and I won't go into the full gory details, but uh, there was this realization that I was more afraid of not changing than the idea of changing. Mm. You know, I, I was, I was yeah. like fif- turning 15 and I was like, gosh, man, life sucks. Everything's hard. And also, you know, kids were mean as, you know, in, in oh, they school, were mean. But, yeah, but, <laughs> I, was, but, I was a kid in the oh. 80s too. I mean, they were, they said some mean things. <laughs> yeah, they were nasty, you know, but, but you know, what's even worse is like, as I got into high school, it's like, man, teenagers are cruel, <laughs> you know, like it was, it went from one extreme to another. And, and I just wasn't enjoying life, you know, and um, obviously I can talk about the depression and social anxiety and other things that stem from that. But you know, I wanted to rise above all that. I didn't want to be where I was anymore. I, I wanted change. And mm. but I had no idea how to get it. Right. But I knew that I didn't want to stay as I was because I was like, okay, well, it took me five years to get to this place of not feeling very good. And if I'm honest with myself, in the next five years, by the time I'm 20, if I haven't done anything different, I, it's not going to be better than it is right now. Right. You know? And and so I just came out of the bathroom, like literally after bawling my eyes out. And found my dad in the living room. We were at his place for the weekend that weekend. And I was like, dad, I don't want to be like this anymore. Mm. I want to be healthy. I want to be fit. You yeah. know, and, and, and also, you know, people often they say, what was the motivation? I'm like, well, I actually wanted a girlfriend. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's the things that we'll do. You know? The things hey, we'll do for, for love. <laughs> listen, full disclosure. And I mean, we can unpack that. I, I really did want to feel that someone saw value in me, that somebody yeah. wanted me for me. And, and, you know, obviously as a kid, I couldn't have articulated that way. But, you know, in, in retrospect now, being able to unpack that, you know, 30 years later, yeah, I totally get it, you know? And yeah. And so I set in motion. I, I, I went to the library. I got books out on fitness and nutrition. And my kids are still like, why don't you just Google it, Dad? I'm like, I'm older than Google, you know? Like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> so those that are listening, yes, I'm old. Um, but but uh, it, it was cool, right? Like I, I started to educate myself. Mm-hmm. But I also took immediate action. I, I, you know, I asked my dad, he was like, hey, what do you want to do? He was like, gym membership, you know? And I'm like, hell no, I'm not going to that place. It's all that steel, all those mirrors. And back in the 80s, they were oh, the mirrors parachute everywhere. pants. And, yes. Oh, yes. Like it was, and and those spaghetti strap, like Yes, tank the tops. tank tops that don't cover oh, anything, even though no. they said they have to cover something. I, they, they still do it in West Hollywood gyms because I actually oh. had to work at one. So it's still there. I was like, I was like, I, I hope I'm a teenager again. It's the same things. But yes, I think yeah. gyms are very intimidating for most oh people gosh, because the, of the mirrors and because you have to know what you're doing. Yes. <laughs> and so then what do people do? Totally. They just get on the treadmill and they just walk. <laughs> That's right. And, and. And then you wonder why you come back day after day and they're not seeing the results, right? right? And that, that's the one thing that's always frustrated me that I, I try to support people with not falling into that trap, right? But but I get why they fall into it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, especially when we just, oh, gosh, so much misinformation out there, right? Oh. So, I mean, I get it. People are doing the best that they can with what yeah. they got. And, yeah. uh, you know, so I, I said, I, I like to have a bike. Can we get me a mountain bike? Because I used to like biking as a kid. That was one activity I knew I used to love doing. And I would do it for hours. I'd go out in the backyard and I'd just cycle around, you know. And uh, and so he said, sure. That, and literally that afternoon, we went and got me a bike. And when we got back, I went for a bike ride. Yeah. I just went out for a cycle because it was also, I lived in rural Ontario. So just outside of Toronto, a couple hours. And it was literally farm country, you know, it was like all apple orchards and stuff. And uh, so it was very remote. It's also the but 80s, I, so you could, your kids were allowed to go on a bike yep. ride. 
I mean, we were practically like, I, I think we had two traffic lights in the town, right? So, uh, I mean, now it's like a, a booming metropolis of at least 80,000 people. You yeah. Know? Like, so uh, it, it's, it's different now, 30 years later. But back then, you know, I, I had the opportunity to just get out. And, and my dad, and this is really funny, okay? I'm totally dating myself here. So, uh, for those that aren't familiar, Sony used to have a thing called the Walkman. Oh, and yeah. This, <laughs> I didn't even get to have one of those. They were too expensive for my family. I didn't have one. My dad had one. Okay, <laughs> my dad had one. And, but he lent it to me. He let me borrow it. And this is the cool thing about the Sony Walkman. You put a tape in there and it would get to the end of one side and it would automatically flip to the other for you. You didn't have to take the tape out and flip it. It would do the autoplay. So you could literally put a 90-minute tape in there. It would play 45 minutes. And as soon as one side ended, it would start playing the other 45. And this is how I knew when it was time to go back. Oh. I would listen one way. I would listen to Tragically Hip. And on the way back, I'd listen to Alice in Chains, you know, and, and like this is like the one tape that I had and I would just do it. I know that 45 minutes out. OK, I'm at the end. I, I got to turn around and go back. That's so cool. Yeah. And, and that's what I started doing. And then I just started changing how I fueled myself. And literally it, it took about 20 months ish to release that way to get into a healthier lifestyle, healthier mindset. Um, but it took me five years to put it on. But, you know, less than half of that to take it off. So you know, change can happen pretty quick and also we decide to make it happen. Also, what I love is that like you did what you could with what you had and also yeah. in a way that made you feel safe and feel comfortable. Yeah. Yes. And I also love that like the person that your father was there to go, let's go do that. You want to change yes. it? We're going to change it. And like, Ugh. I think that like, what a great for all the parents listening, like he didn't go, well, we'll do it next weekend. Like he yes. said, we're going to go do it right now. And I know that right. like kids want a lot of shit. To, I don't even know how people are parents now. It sounds very expensive. But when it comes yep. to encouraging things that are actually behaviors that you want, like for them to follow through with a goal that they have or for them to feel seen and feel confident in their bodies, like those are worthwhile, like True. at least find a way to take action in a moment. It doesn't have to always be buying something. Maybe it's yes. just like, let's look it up. Let's Google. Where can we go yeah. get this thing before we go and get, you know, they're just get, like giving, taking that first action is like such because you're. It is how it's clearly how you got used to like taking action and seeing change yes. and welcoming it. Um, whereas other people, where if it's like, oh, maybe we'll do that another time. Ah, uh, you know, no, we can't mm -hmm. do that right now. If if you don't encourage that next step of action, then people just become pretty like complacent. And okay, well, I'll just do it someday. It'll be someday. And you know, full disclosure, my parents, you know, over that five years, they obviously saw that I was hurting. Mm -hmm. You know, they saw the sadness. They saw the withdrawal. Like they, they just saw that I isolated a lot, right? Like I wasn't a very outgoing child a lot of the times. And I would avoid really big social situations, especially when, with people I didn't know, because I felt so subconscious, yeah. right? like self-conscious and, yeah. and, and, and just low self-esteem. Like it just all the usual cliches or stigmas that we attach to someone in that state of unhealth. Trust me, that's just what I was living. And, but they would often come to me and they would offer different strategies and things to help me. But you have to understand, they were coming to me and offering these 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 ideas. You know, like my mom would be like, "I've got a good friend that's a nutritionist. We can have you sit down with her." You know, and and I remember my dad like, "Hey, why don't we get into karate classes?" You know, and or and my mom at one point is like, "We well, can get you a personal trainer." You know, and this is like when personal trainer is kind of a new thing, right? Like, right. wow, your own trainer. And um, but here's the thing: every time they came to me and they made that offer, I was like you think I'm not good enough the way I am. Mm -hmm. 
that's what I thought. Like, now I know that wasn't their intention, but I, I took it as like someone's trying to force change on me. Yeah. And, and I would act out accordingly. You know, I would not be very nice. And, and, but this is where the thing switched when all of a sudden it came to my dad, you know, and I'm like, dad, I want this. I want to do this shit. And I think he, he saw it in my eyes and was like, okay, we got to strike this while it's hot. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. Let's, let's yeah. do it. And I think that's the thing we have to remember that we, especially as parents, and this is something we, my, my wife, Kristen and I have tried to take note of with our own kids. Like, of course, of course we try to encourage good behaviors and try to catch them doing things right, you know, and make a point of applauding that. But also we do know better because we have life experience, you know, right. and, and, but when we see them doing things really well, we, we do want to acknowledge that, you yeah. know, and, and be present for that. And, and because if you're constantly reinforcing the good habit and behaviors, they actually start to realize, wow, this is good. I, this makes me feel good, you know? And so, yeah. Absolutely. I, I just love that. Catch them doing things right. I think that like mm -hmm. so often people are so worried about what they're doing that's wrong that they're yeah. only looking for what's wrong, right? Like our, um, our brain is like looking for like, you know, the, the reticulating, activating, whatever RES is like looking yeah. for evidence that your kid could be hurting themselves. So you're like only seeing that when like, if you actually can really encourage the good behaviors, people definitely want to feel seen. So they're, whether this is your kids or if you're like me, I don't have kids, coworkers, partners, friends in your life, like compliment the things that they're doing that you want them to keep yes. doing and yes. they'll keep doing them. <laughs> it's like it's a pet. Wild. If I like have a positive voice, my dog does good things. If I have a negative voice, you know, <laughs> it's the same way. <laughs> we have a cat and the cat just looks at me and he's like, F you. <laughs> you know, like he just, well, cats have attitudes. Cats man. have don't attitudes. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I swear the one thing I love about dogs, you talk to them nice, they treat you well. You know, they like, do. It's great. They talk do. to the cat nice, they just look at you like, you're an idiot. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. just straight up. Yeah, yeah, I there's there's uh, I there's so many comedy shows about like dogs versus cats and like Ugh. I have a friend my mom has two cats and we have friends who've got cats and like love them but they're they're like when you're having a bad day the cat's not like oh let me take care of you my dog if I'm having a bad day he's like oh you want to lay in bed with me this is great okay <laughs> and they give me that unconditional love where I don't feel that for my cat I no. really don't no. I'm like yeah he, anyways but anyways cats, that's right? a side note sorry yep. but, if you love if you love your cats and you have a different opinion, you can keep it great. That's wonderful. Go ahead and keep it. it. <laughs> I'm like, teach um, my cat, please. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So yeah. I love this. Like you had this like moment of like taking in change for yourself. And I think that this is um key because whether or not you were 15 or like any time in our lives, there are these moments where we are, you said it, you're like you were more scared to not change than for the change. And I think sometimes we end up waiting until it gets that bad before we like take action. Have you noticed in your life since then or with the coaching that you do that like, is it possible to make the to change before you get hit rock bottom? Or do we have do we have to hit the rock bottom to make the change? Well, as I always say, sometimes you get to rock bottom, you realize there's a rock there that you can crawl under. So <laughs> you know, like and, oh, I've been there. Um, so, you know, the rock bottom is definitely subjective, uh, but you know, we can learn to adapt more quickly. Um, but you're right. You, you sort of hinted at the reticular activation system, but more importantly, uh, this thing called confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. And what's really unique, you know, is like when we're feeling positive and we're looking for positive, especially affirmations or confirmations, we have a tendency to find it. You know, it's like 
we want to find the successful stuff. But equally, if we're looking for bad stuff, we're just as good at finding that too to confirm our position or beliefs. And yeah. this is just psychology and, and we all got to deal with it, unfortunately. And and so that mental health piece is so critical, you know, in any sort of well-being conversation, that's sort of where everything starts because it's our self-perspective, right? Mm -hmm. It's that, uh, as Maslow always says, you know, like, you know, he talks about this hierarchy of needs. Yep. And you got all these basic pieces on the bottom about feeling safe, you know, having a roof over your head, food in your belly, you know, quality relationships. But at the very peak, there's this thing, this elusive thing called self-actualization. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, what the hell does that mean? You know, and and but it really it's that idea of aligning our vision, our purpose, our our, our, our integrity, those passions, like that, all the things that really make us uniquely us. Mm -hmm. And having them going one direction, you know, so yeah, and feeling good about that. Um, and it's not easy to tap into that, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't look for. You know, and, and, and so change, though, is very much a proactive thing, you know, like when you want to make change, we're pretty lucky. I mean, there's podcasts like yours, Leslie, there's amazing TED Talks, there's, I mean, the amount of books and, and literature that is out there that talks about ways to empower ourselves for change. It's just a matter of going and tapping into it, you know? And thank you, but this is such a, now that, now that there is a Google and, you know, like that, that's yours. You make it so true. Like if there is a change you want to make, you can make it at any time. You know, we tell our, the business that we coach, like if you don't have your website up at 11 PM, when somebody is like at their, their bottom, like I'm ready for this change. And they're Googling a solution to the problem that they have. And if you don't have a website, they're not going to find you. They're going to find someone. They're going to find a solution that they think is going to work, but you might be the best one. So you have to be on that line. And so what's so cool about Google is like any one of us can go, you know what I really want to learn right now? I'm actually, I need to change. I need this. You can join a gym online. You can find therapy online. You can like join a new club. I I'm like, Oh, I want to take this class. I already found a place down the street, signed up on Saturday. They don't even know who I am or how I found them. Like we have right now is like the best time to live. Cause if you want to make a change, you can make it within yeah. a minute. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. It's, it's literally flipping a switch. Now sustaining change is where the problems happen. Yes. So how do we do that? <laughs> Because well, again, it, it's really easy yeah. in the beginning. Like this, yeah. because I think people rely on motivation, and motivation only yes. gets you started. It doesn't actually show up. It's a it's a fickle right. friend. It really is. Well, it's it's a depleting resource, and it, it depletes every day. You know, we start in the morning. For sure, we feel great. We feel motivated. We feel excited about the prospect of the day ahead. And I mean, if you're not a morning person, maybe it comes later. But regardless, we we have this sort of amount of energy that we start with. And, mm -hmm. and focus and it does deplete and and the more taxing are the things that we're trying to do the more uphill we feel like we're going it, it, it depletes more quickly yeah and you know there's there's books out there there's one that i always love called eat the frog you know and, and oh it, yeah great book. That? It, yes the, the whole idea was the premise of the book i mean i can you don't even have to read it here's the premise right like yeah. if, if the hardest thing that you had to do in a day was eat a frog the idea is do that first <laughs> because then you got the rest of the day to do the things that actually won't require as much energy or focus or in particular motivation to do. Yeah. And, and also you feel really accomplished because you got the hardest thing done first, you know, the rest yeah. of the day might feel easier. And, and so we have to remember that if, especially, and I, I work with a lot of people in the fitness and the wellness space, cause I've been doing it for like 28 years, you know? So yeah. uh, I, I tend to, to have a lot of people that want to make changes physically, emotionally, spiritually, also psychologically, and, and everything's tapped in. Right. But the physical is an easy one to tap into first, you know, it's just moving our body a bit more mm -hmm. and, and it takes consistency and frequency, but 
for some people, it's really hard to get started because they've been at rest for so long, yeah. you know, and we, we know based on physics, like the, 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 the most amount of energy it's going to take to move a body at rest is that initial inertia yeah. to get it started. Yeah. Oh, this is so great. You know? So um, one of the girls I follow, she's like some CrossFit champion and she was like pulling a car. So like a rope and oh, she's pulling wow. a car. And I was like, yeah. oh my God. And my dad goes, it's actually just really hard to get it started. Once that's she gets right. it started, it's not that hard. And I was like, don't take away her win, but that's also very good information. <laughs> but, but it's true. But that's exactly how it works. Like with almost any sort of change that we come up against, it's the initial first few steps to actually take those initial actions will be the most challenging moments. Mm-hmm. It's going to take the most amount of energy, the most amount of motivation. But the cool part is as soon as we start seeing results in the direction that we want to see them, it's self-fulfilling. You start to feel like this motivation starts filling up again a little bit more readily, you know, mm-hmm. or quickly. Like you just, it, it, it's it's nice because I can honestly speak to this because I remember making that change at 15 and it was within the first, I'd say about six weeks, I had a really big physical win. I, I remember I, I was riding this bike, you know, for like 90 minutes, right? And I was doing it at least five times a week, just getting out for these rides. It wasn't like super intense. I'm not like a motocross kind of guy or anything, right? I was an obese kid on a, a mountain bike. And but there was this hill and it felt like a mountain, right? It felt like an Everest to me. Like, I mean, it could have been a molehill, but it still felt like this Everest. And I remember the first time coming to it, I made it barely a third of the way up. And like the bike, like literally just stopped. Like I'm pedaling, I'm trying to move it. And it just like stopped. It was like done. And, and I got off the bike and I had a moment there where I was like, well, I failed. I might as well just turn around and go home. This is dumb. I can't do this. But I knew that was like, I don't want that. I don't want that. I want this. I want to make some health changes. So I walked the bike to the top and I continued on my way. Now, I didn't deviate from this route. Okay. I kept doing this route for those these six weeks. And every time I come to that hill a little bit more, a little bit more, by the end of six weeks, I just remember coming to it this one day and I, I kept my head down. I just kept going. I felt like that little train that can, right? I think I can. I think I can. And, and you know, all of a sudden it got easy again. And I looked up and I'm like, holy crap, I'm on the top of this mountain. I did this. And six weeks ago, I couldn't do this. And I was like, hello, change is happening. And it's happening because I'm, I'm making it happen. And And that was the moment for me. That was it. And you also like something to point out here for my perfectionists and overachievers listening is (laughs) celebrated the win. Like there was like, I did it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that we all most, maybe as kids, we do it. But once we get older and we become more of an adult, we actually get to the top of the hill and we're just like, I didn't get there fast enough. No one was there to help me. Like we look for all these, <laughs> we'd look for ways to take the win away or we just move on to the next hill without even uh, reflecting uh, on what it is that we did. I, you know what? Okay. And I say this all the time. I, I wrote a book like a few years ago and, and in it, I maintain that Nike's got it all wrong. Okay, so here's some clickbait, right? <laughs> what? What are you saying? You know, I mean, Nike, one of the most well-recognized brands globally, right? Just do it. I mean, it's very motivating. But here's the thing. Why not say just did it? Like, why can't we celebrate the act of completing what it is that we set out to do? You know, because like, that's actually where all that self, self-efficacy comes from. That, that, that ability to tap in and say, holy crap, I did it. You know, like... I'm like much more of that mentality. I'm like adopt, not a just do it, but a just did it mentality. Focus mm. on the results that are created and the feeling you achieve by completing the thing that you set out to do. 
I you know, love like, this. I love awesome this. Though, right? This is so like, good. Ah. Oh my gosh, they did. Got to say, oh y'all. I mean, I'm sure you already have this. Like you have adjusted it hashtag like that. You need a yeah. like a. You need a adjusted sticker. People need to. <laughs> and it's a check mark, not a swoosh, right? Yeah. Like, so there you go. You know? Yeah, like, this yeah, is cool. Seriously. So, what are what are some ways that you have helped people like either welcome the change or and also like what do you have them do once they've like done it? Like, what is their do you have them do the just did it? Like, what are the other <laughs> ways that you have them celebrate so they can like keep it going? Because it's like it's the momentum of yes. once you keep going, like it's easier yeah. to keep going. Right. That's right. It, you know, it, I love the acronym smart, right? Like it, it makes sense. Specific, measurable, actual, you know, realistic time-based goal setting, right? It, because we have these big lofty goals and I think we should as, as human beings, we have this natural ability in us to strive to be greater than we are. You know, we do. We, we just have this in us. It's in our DNA. And the cool thing is, is, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of hard stuff. And, and, and I mean, that's just living a life. You know, you're going to encounter hard stuff. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's coming. Like yeah. the boulder, right? Yeah. Like it's coming at us, it. doesn't matter what. Like, but there's this cool little thing called resiliency. And, and then, you know, my, my climate change friends are like, yeah, humanity is way too resilient. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> and fair enough, we populated this planet and we overconsume. Sure, we can go down that path. But look at some of the conditions that we've overcome, the suffering that we've overcome. And yet there's like eight billion of us on this planet. Like that's that's impressive. I mean, yes, it's evolution, but it's because we are resilient in our DNA. And mm -hmm. I think when we really accept that, and we also accept something that Buddha said like 2,600 years ago, which is taking science a little time to catch up at, but they have proved this now, that nothing in our entire known universe is permanent. Mm. Everything's in a change flux, right? It's, everything's changing, always changing. So it's like, okay, we're resilient and change is a given. All right, let's figure out how to navigate change and be a bit more resilient. Tap into this DNA yeah. that's allowed us to do this. And, and I think it's just a matter of trying to do hard stuff. I don't care. And, you know, it, for me, it was like that little hill, which wasn't very big, by the way. But for me at that time and my level of fitness and where I was at, it was an Everest. But every time I came at it, I was just a little bit better than the day before. Yeah. That's all it takes. Like, we're not talking about massive 100% improvement here, unless you're trying to do a pull-up for the first time, by the way. You know, if you go from doing zero pull-ups to doing one pull-up, it's the only time in your fitness career you'll be able to say, I had 100% improvement. Okay? <laughs> and then after that, it's diminishing returns. But regardless, that one time, it was like, that's 100% better than I was yesterday. But I, other than that, you know, it's just find the thing and then figure out the little intervals and celebrate those wins. As you mm -hmm. said before, Leslie, you know, like break it down and celebrate the little victories along the way. Yeah. Cause you just did it. Like, hello. Well, like that's in itself self-fulfilling. You know, I love that you said like, you know, doing some hard things. I think that a, we avoid them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so then anytime a hard thing happens, well, people say to us, but it's happening for them in some way. Yeah. Like, it's almost like, uh, it like hits you like, like a cold shower. It's like, what is this thing? That's hard thing that I have to do. It's like, but if you are more, if you're accustomed to doing a hard things often that you, of that, of your choosing, it makes it a little easier to take on the hard things. You're like, oh, this is just, just I gotta do this now. 
<laughs> and but you have that self-belief, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like I can do this. I've done other hard stuff, you know. Yeah. And, and and to be fair, you know, like it was nice that I learned that lesson early on. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until in my early 30s I realized, you know, I had actually exchanged sort of the food escapism with alcohol escapism. Mm-hmm. Um, alcohol and which would often lead to some narcotic use as well. And and you know, I I I had a very poor relationship with alcohol. You know, and then in my early 30s, I, re- I came to sort of this halt again, this moment where I was like, I don't want to be like this anymore. And it was because my wife, actually, she, she, we were looking at going her separate ways. She's like, this is not a healthy environment to raise our kids in. You know, they were both under the age of six at this time. And we'd been together for almost a decade. And yet I'd had this perpetuating habit, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause I still often ref- thought of myself as that morbidly obese fat kid because I didn't actually do any of the internal work at that point right I just focused on the external and it eventually came to a halt where my whole life was being turned upside down because I was valuing alcohol over everything else that I had and um she sat me down this one day and she's like okay we're done you know, we're both bawling our eyes out. we're trying to figure out well how are we going to co-parent you know because we both loved each other still like we didn't yeah. really want that but and she's like looks at me and she says die are you being the type of man that you would want to marry your daughters? Mm. And I'll tell you, it was like, that question is like, I got kicked between the legs and punched the nose at the same time. Because it was instantaneous where I was like, hell no. If someone like me at that moment in my life at 33 years old showed up on my doorstep, I'd be like, get the hell out of here. Mm. But that's what I was mentoring and modeling to my closest relations, yeah. you know, and and so it was in that moment I made a commitment to go one year without drinking. And a lot of people are like, oh, a year? What are you talking about? That's not that long. And I'm like, hey, you know, the longest I've ever done is like a dry January, okay? And those like 15 years. That was the longest I'd ever done. And so I committed to that year. And I realized in the first like six weeks, this is going to be a hell of a hard thing to do, you know? And, and that's when I, I broke down with my wife and I got really vulnerable with her for the very first time in our relationship after 10 years. I finally opened up and actually poured everything out. Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, you know what? Thank you. I think you need some help. <laughs> she was like, why? No, but she, I'm just being honest. Like, she was like, okay, yes. Thank you for, you know, entrusting me to share this, but I don't know what to do with this, you know? And, yeah. and to be fair, I didn't expect her to know what to do. I just, I needed to share. And, yeah. uh, and then I found help, you know, found a yeah. psychologist, found a therapist. Did a, I did the work. Like I went all in on the work for six months. And after that six months, I, I everything shifted for me. And yeah. we got to the end of the year and I'm just going to end the story here. We got to the end of the year because people probably wonder, well, what happened at the end of the year? Well, my wife's looking at me. She's like, holy crap, you did it. <laughs> you know, like you just did it. You know, like you did a whole year. And I, 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 to be fair, like she didn't think I could. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm being honest, like if I'm honest, I, I periods didn't think I could. And it's like, well, you did it. Do you want to celebrate? Let's watch the sun go down tonight and share a bottle of wine. And I'm like, that sounds really nice. But then I started thinking, I was like, so much in my life has changed in these last 12 months. Like so much. Yeah. What if I keep going? Anyways, I just celebrated 14 years. 14 years. Wow. That's amazing. Isn't that crazy? That's great. But it's also, it's also amazing because like you figured out, well, first of all, you had someone put a front of a mirror in front of you. Like, this is not like, do you really want to be like this? Do you want to be this person? Because this is what your kids are seeing is like a man. Right. Yeah. And then, and then you challenge yourself and then you found out like that doesn't work for you. And like you, and you've gone all on it. I think sometimes people doubt that. I think sometimes people 
you know, do the dry January and they're like, oh, I feel so good. Or they do a sugar detox which, and, they'll, and then they, you know, or whatever. And then they just go back. And so, um, which some things y'all like your body does need a little bit of sugar. Like don't fucking remove a whole thing without talking to your doctor and making sure it works for you. But you know, like you don't need to villainize something. That's right. <laughs> no, like, you're right. But you're right. you know, like oftentimes people don't realize, you know, I have someone in my life is like, Oh, whenever I have dairy, like I break out. I'm like, so why do you keep having it? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, but I think it's, sometimes it's too hard to keep going, but if we actually just celebrate that, like this actually worked for me, I did this and I feel really good. So what if I just keep going and give yourself that permission to continue to find out what that change is? So I, I imagine that is what's like spurred the dating, the wife. And so you've been dating oh, yeah. your wife this whole time. And that is got to be really fun and interesting, but also like how cool for your kids to see that. Cause now they're going to have high standards <laughs> for the partners in their life. Well, and, and to be honest, you know, this last week we moved my 20 year old or soon to be 20 year old in with her boyfriend and <laughs> I, I'm still processing to be fair, uh, but <laughs> it was, you know, they've been together almost three years. So a long time and, and they're just very mature and just, it's been really cool to, to just sort of experience this and, and support them with this. But at the same time, it's like, wow. <laughs> Like, wow, you know, and, and, uh, but that's the thing, you know, we, we modeled and mentored, you know, cause the, the two most effective ways every single one of us on this planet learn is through mentorship and modeling. Mm -hmm. And, and so you do have to look in the mirror and say, well, what am I mentoring and what am I modeling? You know, like, oh, and also who's mentoring me, you know, mm -hmm. and then what am I modeling to, to those that are closest to me? But also, you know, we think about how we show up for our work, you know, mm -hmm. and to our communities. And, you know, do we have that integrity to do the things that we, you know, say what we're going to do and do what we say? And, and to be fair, there's been lots of periods in my life where I haven't felt integral, you know, yeah. and, and that feeling sucks. <laughs> like, it's, it's, I mean, I think it totally good. sucks. And I also think that a lot of people listening, you can maybe even right now are like out of integrity. And that is, oh, if, if you don't own it, you're just going to get more and more pissed at a lot of things. And it's really like that you're just out of alignment for what is like integral for you. And that's, it's not fun, but that's good change to like make in your life. That's a great exactly. place, place to start making change. Perfect place to start. Perfect place. Cause it, it all it takes is a day. Mm -hmm. That's all it takes is one day. You know, like I, I, I always joke with people, but I'm like, I know I'm only ever one workout away from feeling better than I am when I'm not feeling in a good place. You know, like I just, those are good endorphins I get from just getting a little sweat on, you know, mm -hmm. even just going out for a quick 30 minute walk outdoors, like mm -hmm. instantly my mood shifts, my mental health shifts. Oh, you know, uh, instantly, instantly. So, um, uh, over this, normally when we're on a holiday trip, we go on a tour over the, uh, around the whole country, the U S everyone. And, um. And normally the weather is fine enough for me to walk the dogs every day. Um, I can actually get a little workout in. It's not my normal workout. It's not my normal morning routine because I'm not in my home, but like I can do a mini version of it. And I really am like so proud of that. I coach people on that. I feel so good. Well, this particular Christmas was like worst weather ever. So cold. There was no, the dogs didn't even want to be outside. You know, like every was, there was no, it was just miserable. And by the time we got home, I just remember like going, like, I just don't even feel like myself anymore. And I was like, go, just go do the thing. So I like sat in front of my red light. I took the dogs for a long walk. All of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, like I, 
<laughs> it's so crazy. It's like when the- you're out of integrity, out of alignment with yourself, it can feel like, why is this happening? But it's like, oh, just go. Like, what are the tools that you have used to make yourself feel good? And boom, you're like right there again. So yeah, it can be a workout. It can be spending time by yourself. It can be reading a book. There's just, we have to have, you have to know the tools that make you feel good so that you can use yes. them when you don't feel good. Oh. Oh, and you know, to add to everything you just said, because that's all I, I mean, I'm like, drop the mic. Well, don't drop it. It looks expensive, but, but you know what I mean? Like, it, it is, that was so well said. But here's the thing ask yourself, you know, what are the things that I would never regret doing? Mm. And, and here's the thing, right? Like, I've never had a client mess with me and say, you know, you asked me to eat that big, healthy salad with like some cedar plank salmon on it for lunch today. Well, die. I really regret doing that. You know, like, I. <laughs> I've never received that message. I've never had someone message me, you know, the workout you programmed for me to, yeah, I really regret doing that. Like, no, it, there, there's certain things that we do for ourselves. We'll never regret doing. Mm-hmm. So just do more of that, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, and remember that feeling that you get by completing that and yeah. celebrate that and realize that was on you. You made that happen. You just did that. Like, good on you, you know, oh. good on you. That so. is awesome. I love this. Okay. Well, we could clearly keep going forever, but we got to wrap this up because our people's Sounds commutes good. are probably ending. So we're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to find out where people can find you, follow you, learn more from you and your beat action items. Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should at least be simple. That's why for the past three years, we've been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed with water once a day, every day. And it makes me feel totally energized and it makes me feel like I'm doing something healthy for myself. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. Yeah, and you're probably wondering, like, how can you actually do it? No exceptions. I know you guys travel all the time. You've got a lot going on. You're running three businesses. Here's the deal. It's because it's that simple. So when we're at home, after I walk by own, and sometimes August, because sometimes he comes, I open up the fridge. I pull out the dog's wet food and the AG1. I pour my AG1, and if Brad's up, I'll pour his too. And then I give the dogs their food, and we have this morning breakfast with all of our nourishing vitamins and minerals that we need to kickstart our day together as a family. But when we're traveling... What I love so much is these travel packs and they make it so easy to make sure that especially on the road when it's the hardest to get nutrition needs met, like it is impossible. I'm constantly like, is there a salad? Is there a bowl? Like, can I add more veggies to this Thai food? But I know because I have AJ1 in the morning, I am set to go. And it really does make us feel like we're doing things that are healthy for ourselves even when we hit the road. So you cannot make a mistake with AG1. It makes it really easy no matter how busy your life is or maybe your life is simple and you're gonna add something extra simple to it. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1. And that's why we've partnered with them for so long. So if you wanna take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash be it. That's drinkag1.com slash B-E-I-T. Check it out. All right, Di. So where can people find you, work with you? Where do you like to hang out? Is it socials? Do you have anything that they can download, learn from? Well, I'm most active on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And uh, I've been trying that TikTok thingy, but uh, <laughs> not 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 super consistent or, or, or whatnot. My kids, they're, they're, they're definitely trying to help. But, uh, you know, the cool thing about having a unique name 
you know, thank you, mom and dad. Uh, you know, this is all pre-SEO, but now I'm like, I get it. I get it. They were visionaries, you know, but Dai is a Welsh name for David, D-A-I. Manuel is Portuguese, so M-A-N-U-E-L. Uh, you put those two together, you got me, and you added a .com on the end of it, you'll find my website, okay? So Perfect. Um, I'm really easy to find. Shoot me a message. I love just having conversations and hearing about, you know, triumphant changes that people are achieving. And believe me, it doesn't matter how small or how huge, it's all triumphant. Okay, it all is. It's all relative because the way you do anything is the way you do everything, as they say. So you achieve one little triumph. Trust me, you can achieve big triumphs, too. And uh, and that's it. You know, I, I'm not here to pitch anything other than say, geez, if you're not living your best life. You got room to improve on, you know, get get at it, you know. Oh, my goodness. I love that so much. Okay, before I let you go, bold, executable, intrinsic target steps people can take right. to be until they see it. What do you have for us? Okay, this is the simplest thing I can give people. After being in the fitness industry for 20 years, you can imagine I've heard a whole lot of excuses. <laughs> okay, I've heard a lot. I've, I mean, like everything. You could throw it at me, I've probably heard it. Now, here's the thing. We've all got 30 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. All right, I know there's people thinking, I don't have 30 minutes a day. I'm like, you know what, give me your smartphone. We're going to go into the settings or you're going to look at the thing called screen time. Okay. I know you got 30 minutes now, (laughs) you know, like don't tell me don't. Now here's the thing. That's only 2% of every 24 hours. So what I want you to do is make a commitment to yourself that you're going to commit 28 days straight. That's four weeks where you're going to make non-negotiable every day, 30 minutes for yourself. Mm. And in this 30 minutes, you're going to do something very specific. You're going to move your body with purpose for 15 minutes. Okay. You're just going to move it. I don't care how you move it. Just move it any way you want. As I always say, always, always, okay? <laughs> like move your body for 15 minutes. Get your heart rate elevated. Feel into your body so like you did something good. Then you're going to immediately follow that with five minutes of mindful meditation. All right, now that's 20 minutes. Now for the last 10 minutes, you're going to feed that muscle between the ears, okay? <laughs> that brain of yours with something positive. Mm. Intentional focused personal development, not professional development, personal development. Okay. We all get lots of professional development, but I want you to work on yourself personally. So you can listen to a podcast like Leslie's, you know, you can listen to a Ted talk, by the way, I did a TEDx talk a year ago on vulnerability in men. So that's uh, so hey, cool. there's a little, little plug there. Uh, self plug. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I love uh, it. But, I love yeah. it. Um, also, you, you know, whatever it is, but feed your mind something positive for 10 minutes. And you'll find that after exercising that mindfulness meditation, you're ready to receive and you become a sponge. But that's just 2% of your 24 hours. Okay. And in that, if you commit to that for four weeks, I've never had anybody come up to me and say, I didn't experience a big shift. I know you will. Body, mind, and spirit, you'll shift. And in case you're wondering, the whole life fitness manifest is the name of the book where I shared the whole protocol for that. So uh, that's I guess your book. Was one little plug, one little plug. Okay? That's your book. The whole <laughs> that's what? my book. The whole life fitness manifesto. Perfect. You got to maximize two percent of every twenty four hours to see improvements in body, mind, and spirit. I love it. We'll put the links all in the show notes, y'all. Cool. Okay, Thank you. I expect everybody listening in the next twenty eight days to be tagging Guy and myself and letting us know your big shift. I mean, uh, I also I'm instant gratification kind of person. So like maybe somewhere along the first two days, let us know how it's going. <laughs> <laughs> Just so I can hold you accountable. <laughs> love it. Love it. Uh, Di, this has been a wonderful conversation. I feel like I have a thank dose you. of energy from your, for your enthusiasm for life. So thank you so much for sharing everything about you, yeah. your journey, how you got here and, and, and sharing that with us so we can learn from it. And also y'all 
2% of your day to be it till you see it. I can't think of a better way, right? So thank you so much. And until next time, we'll see you soon. That's all I got for this episode of the Be It Till You See It podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. The Atelier Seat is a production of Bloom Podcast Network. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Crowell. Our associate producer is Amanda Fratarelli. Kevin Perez at Desenio handles all of our audio editing. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music, and our branding by designer and artist Gianfranco Cioffi. Special thanks to our designer, Mesh Herico, for creating all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week so you can't. And to Angelina Herico for transcribing each episode so you can find it on our website. And finally, to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. How do you say your last name? Manuel? Like Manuel? Manuel. 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 <laughs> That's so If you fun. like faulty towers, uh, there's a little gem there. Yeah. So, yes. Okay. Well, yeah, anyways. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's Portuguese last name, Welsh first name. I'm Canadian. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. my goodness. Hey loves, it's me, Leslie, and I am excited to talk about socks because we need to talk about socks all the time because I love being barefoot. I am not a fan of shoes. You'll rarely see me in shoes. Even when I have people at my house and they're in shoes, I am barefoot or I'm in my toe socks and Tavi Active socks. And the reason is that I've got tile floors and um, they're not so nice to my feet. So I do love a cute sock. And I also only use their socks when I am doing Pilates. I love that they have an amazing sticky gripness to them. It also, when I'm teaching in other people's studios, having those socks on keeps me from slipping around in a studio and really allows me to root where I'm planted. Plus they're freaking cute. Have you seen toe socks and Tavi's socks? I mean, my goodness, they are the cutest styles all the time. The Barbie socks, I can't get enough of. I think I need to buy three pairs. So here's the deal. I want you to get yourself a pair of toe socks or Tavi Active socks and you can go to beitpod.com slash toe socks. That's going to take you over to toe socks. Feel free to explore a Tavi and you can use my discount code Leslie, that's L-E-S-L-E-Y, to make sure you save some money on your socks because the reality is, is you should just get the most amazing, cutest socks and also save some money because you listen to this podcast. So make sure you check those out the next time you are looking for some socks to wear in Pilates, yoga, bar, or around your house like I do.